All right. Going to check some sound? I'm going to check some sound here. See how it goes. Enhance. Come on, Facebook. Catch up. I should be getting alerted. I'm pretty sure I've liked this page before. Oh, 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 oh. Sounds pretty good. All right, this is good. called a live sound check That's for right. those of you keeping score at home. Because we got these sweet new microphones. A year welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're good to go. All right. Welcome to Deuterocanons, episode 20. I'm Justin, and with me always, as always, is Byron. Party on, Byron. Party on, Justin. Oh, man, <laughs> that felt good. It's been a week. We had a week off, you know. Well, I mean, it's been several weeks. It's been several weeks. Since we've been drinking coffee in the self-same ball library. Well, man, like, we had a little bit of a rough go. If, if anybody's paying attention, you know, like... Getting getting the stuff edited in the time frame that I had available to me while I was away and then dealing with the hiccups, like the one the episode from two weeks ago, no matter what I did, it, it would only upload like 12 minutes worth of video. So my apologies to everybody out there. That being said, uh, something we, re, we have uh, neglected to do in the past, you know what I did? I walked in here without my Bible. <laughs> okay. Well, I, okay. Neglected, I neglected to bring my Bible. Uh, we'll fix that in post-production. We will. I'll, I guess I will fix that in post-production. That being said... I'll go get your Bible for you. Okay. I, you, you deal with housekeeping. I'll do the housekeeping stuff. A yeah. couple housekeeping notes. Uh, whatever platform you're listening to us on, go ahead and like, follow, and share. And just be aware that this is available on Facebook currently. We'll also be up on, we're also up on audio only on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Podbean. And then a couple things coming up that we're working on. We have in the works. Um, and again, some of this, a lot of this has to do with... Uh, the intentionality we've discussed a couple times, uh, whether it's on here in the sermon, the the solution to solution is pollution. So trying to get ourselves out there in a couple different ways. Uh, we're working on a YouTube channel so that we can potentially go live on two platforms simultaneously. And then we're also setting up a separate channel for uh, the Allensville Church of Christ proper. So not necessarily the De- Deuterocanons podcast, but the, the church proper so we can listen to uh, – the, the idea being that we'll pull some of the, the sermons we've had in the past out and isolate those, some good communion meditations, or even some of these uh, the singings that we've had. Um, so you have some other things to listen to besides the two of us. Yeah, church-specific content. Yammer on. Correct. <clears throat> so be looking for those, and of course, once they're up and running, we'll, we'll give everybody the, you know, it's official type spiel. I believe that's it for housekeeping. That's a lot of good stuff, though. It is. Good things to come. Hopefully the Lord will continue to bless this. What has really just kind of, I mean, you know, silver lining with, with uh, COVID and all, I think has become, you know, a, a unique little ministry here at at this small country denomina- or, uh, congregation. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad for it. Uh, I've got, I mean, you know, I've got way too many things going on right now, but this is something I look forward to. Me too. Every week. Yep. Really thankful to, to get together. Uh, Read the Bible, talk about it, talk about ways that it's, you know, shedding light on what's happening all around us. So uh, we're going to go to John chapter 5, 
And the title may be a little bit of a stretch tonight, but it's equitably missing the point. Jesus versus the Pharisees in John chapter 5. So I've been uh, reading up on the book of John lately because I'm going to be focusing on part of it for Woodland Bible Camp Mm -hmm. Senior Week, which is coming up really soon. Uh, Next week is Junior Week, where my dad's directing. And then the following week is Senior Week, and and I'll be directing that with with one of my brothers. And we're going to be looking at John chapter 8. So just as I was, you know, kind of preparing for that, reading a lot of the stuff early on in John. And this is also a section that's come up in The Chosen. Have you been keeping up with that at all? We're a couple episodes behind. Yeah, I I think think we're at least least one episode behind. I think they have five episodes out. Yeah. Now, okay, and you can you can go straight to their uh, their website, yep, and and watch them. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah, they are. <clears throat> so th- the most recent episode that I saw was focused on the healing at the pool, and that's that's where we will pick up. All right, first question. Oh, question <laughs> yeah. Before we were read, read. Okay. sorry. Yep. What do you remember about the healing at the pool? Um, okay. Here's the thing, right? I get these mixed up because we've talked about, uh, who was it? Naaman? Who was the one that had to dip in the pool of, in the Jordan seven times? Naaman. Okay. So this is the pool of Siloam then, right? So this is just like, this the, is a Bethesda. Siloam is another one. Okay. This is just rando blind guy. Yeah. I think the pool of Siloam one was the, was the blind guy mm-hmm. and Jesus told him to, uh, like he put mud on his eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Okay. And then he came back. This one is the pool of Bethesda. Okay. So this is the guy who couldn't walk. Yeah. So the pool wasn't involved. That's just where he was. The pool, he hoped the pool would be involved, but it turned out the pool was not involved. Mm. (laughs) I guess that shows you how much I remember (laughs) about this one. Well, I mean, you know, I I guess there were just lots of pools. Mm. Is this the guy that? Mm, I don't know. I don't. Apparently, I don't remember this one very well. Fair enough. I, I just wanted to, to ask you that because there are so many good stories in the Bible. It is easy for them to run together. Yeah. And so I think that that just kind of underscores how important it is for all of us to just go back and read the ones where, you know, even the familiar ones. Mm-hmm. There, there's always stuff that can can jump out or, or stuff that uh, is unique. And I think that this is the case here. Uh, what we're going to see is that this is the one where, like early on, in, relatively early on here in the book of John, where the Pharisees, because of this healing, lose their minds. So let, let's let's go ahead and, and start, start reading. Um, oh, and just full disclosure... When, before I watched the episode on The Chosen, like, I think I would have said all the same things that that you just said. I mean, like, what pool are we talking about here? Um, Was he, was he lame? Was he blind? Like, what what was, what was the deal? Because like I said, it it is so easy for those details to just get crossed. Well, I'm kicking myself a little bit too, because when you told us, told me where it was coming from, I, I just started reading in 16, kind of based on. Oh, yeah. So anyway. 
All right, so could you read, I don't know, verses 1 through uh, 9, and then I'll I'll pick up from there. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. You said through nine? Yeah, yeah. I can go ahead and pick up there. I see that that's like... Well, why do they do that? Why do they put a period in the middle of a verse? I mean, or, or like make the verse yeah. break, you know, kind of on a halvesy. Yeah. Anyway. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So this is another one of those situations where Jesus, like, you know how how Jesus would, after a miracle, sometimes say, okay, you know, don't mention it. Yeah. That, that's so striking. Mm -hmm. So many people, I mean, probably me, you, us included, if we performed a miracle, like, don't you think that the average Christian would i don't know twitter it or facebook it or yeah youtube it or oh yeah something it's going viral yeah exactly yeah we are going to make this thing go viral yeah and the fact that jesus didn't do and and people back then i i guess were were no different Mm -hmm. people there's nothing new under the sun people have always had this i i think probably um desire however latent it might be for notoriety yeah but that's not that's not to say that jesus did not have any notoriety Mm -hmm. or that he always and everywhere denied it but but we can see in those examples that he he's motivated by something else yeah and i think that that's one of the themes that emerges in this whole chapter is that whatever the the average motivation would be or whatever the motivation is of the people um he's around his motivation is different yeah all right um next next question okay let me think about how i how i want to phrase this exactly what what do you think about the quantity versus quality debate or issue as it pertains to anything? Yeah, yeah. Just what's 
What's your take on quality versus quantity? Oh, man. You know what's coming? Army. Army analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was hoping for that. Like, I picked up my coffee cup, for those of you who are just listening in. I picked up my coffee cup in expectation. You know how to get uh, this old soldier fired up. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, so we, we have this uh, conversation a lot in the, the circles that I run in. Would you like more coffee? Oh, I'm good. I'm still working on mine. Um, man, I don't want to say too much about what I do on here. <laughs> you know, so you do army stuff. I do army stuff, and there are certain like at, at, for anyone who's ever watched the um, animated documentary GI Joe, a real American hero. <laughs> you do those things. Yeah. Yep. I shoot lasers at Cobra. Nobody dies. So. You know, the thing about it, though, is, I mean, I guess even in the Army writ large, right, like, I think you can, it's fair to say you kind of have the same conversation, although, you know, there's certain segments of the Army where you, you can't be as particular because, you know, the, the, it's just you got to have people's standards aren't that high. But it, it, it is one of those things where I've long I've, – I've often had this conversation where it's like um, there's so much emphasis. You know, here, here's one, right? Even I was working in the basic training environment as a drill sergeant. Um, there's a tendency maybe for, as, on the one hand, for drill sergeants to get overzealous and just want to get rid of everybody. So that can get, can get, I can see where that gets out of hand, but then other times it seems like they're so concerned with things like quotas and throughput and, and all these fancy words for like mm -hmm. making numbers. Right. Yeah. And so that it, where it's almost like there aren't standards. And so, um, could, could you say that the standard is the number in those situations? Right. Yeah. Instead of. Like, like, yeah, the standard by is, the number is the, you mean, like the quota, right? right. Yeah, yeah, the quota becomes the standard instead of the quality, right? <clears throat> and so, like, I mean, I get it. Like, there's an expectation up at Starfleet Command, and we got to have people. <laughs> um, man, I'm trying to tread lightly here, but but I guess my my thing is this: is like, um, could we could we could we draw more quality people if we had higher standards? Like, is that a thing? And, and and then the other thing is this is like, if I have to take, I'm going to use a number twelve. If I have to take twelve people to combat, um, I want them to be twelve qui high quality people. If it turns out that I end up having like eight high quality people and then like four uh, people that are just filling slots, you know, I just assume maybe leave those four at home <clears throat> sometimes too, mm -hmm. you know. And so, uh, I guess I've often argued that. If we if we focus on quality, the quantity, they'll they'll come out, because I think right. at the end of the day, there's people that are attracted to that. They want that. They want the challenge, right? And so, uh, at the end of the day, I'm 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 for quality, mm -hmm. you know. And I think uh, with certain breeds of soldiers, um, like we can't sacrifice quality to meet numbers because then you end up with a counterfeit version of said thing. You know, let's take any of the members of like the special <coughs> operations community. Let's take Navy SEALs, for example. They like to be famous. If you just start slapping tridents on people and calling them SEALs, like the reality is going to catch up with you at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's a counterfeit SEAL, you know. Right. You want a high quality individual. And uh, I think because because they are high quality individuals, generally speaking, they don't have trouble making numbers. Is that, is that good? Is that enough? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, so that's th – this is, uh, as Shakespeare says, uh, 
growing to a point. Mm. Next question. Okay. As as a fellow homeschool dad, yeah, involved in the classical conversations, what can you tell us about the Latin roots of the word principle? Principle. Yeah. Hmm. Does that come from Principio? Absolutely, it does. Uh, so the beginning. The beginning in Principio. Yeah. Erat where boom. Yep. In Principio, erat where boom. Okay. So the the Latin root would be the be, uh, beginning. I yeah. So that's that's about all I know, though. I'm not really up with all the conjugating and such. Okay. I'm I'm definitely not up on all endings the, and all that. Yeah. I really need to to brush up on Latin, and when I say brush up, I mean take kindergarten latin <laughs> me also like yeah I, I can sing a lot of the songs that they they do for like the noun endings yeah. but like i've tried to help madeline with her latin before using the book even and i you know i speak arabic and i like i'm not an idiot and i still don't you know i'm like i don't know the answer madeline you're gonna have to ask your mom so so she's good at it jessica yeah i think she's pretty good at it i mean self-taught no lessons for somebody like that like i always tell her I'm yeah. like you you ought to like see if you can get some college credit for for this because i think she probably knows latin better than she knows the the wait a minute she did four years of high school spanish and then a year of college take her to a mexican restaurant <laughs> she's like how do you say beans again like oh my gosh you're president of the spanish club frijoles right yes right you nailed it <laughs> Well done. Zero years of high school Spanish. Me also, you know. <laughs> Did you hear that Princeton has canceled the requirement for their classics majors to take Greek and Latin? Really? Right. Hmm. So apparently you can have a degree in classical studies without having to study classical languages. Would that be like wouldn't that be like having a degree in Bible without taking Hebrew or something? Yeah, it would also be like take majoring in math and no longer having any like requirements to know the numbers. Yeah. Spe speaking of counterfeits, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so principio, the, the Latin word principio, from which we get the word principle. Mm -hmm. So it's used in John one one. Speaking of the book of John, but it's also where we get the word prince. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the idea of that which is first, so and that's what beginning means, you know, whatever happens to come first. And so that that principio. So he, here here's how I'm I'm growing to the point here. He, to connect it back to quality versus quantity, you have to choose what you're going for first. Mm -hmm. And we're and what we're about to read, we get to see what the well and what we have read. We, we get to see what the Pharisees put first. Right. And then in response, we're going to get to see what Jesus puts first. Okay. So in what we just read, next question, what were the Pharisees putting first? What was the principio thing, first thing for them? Uh, I mean, it would seem to be adherence to the law as they knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Adherence to the law. So, um... This is not a fair question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Where in the law does it say, thou shalt not lift thy mat and taketh it awayeth? <laughs> On the Sabbath-eth. 
<laughs> I don't know. Second hesitations. <laughs> Thirteen four. Right. Yeah. Second hesitation. I think it was first hesitations. I get those mixed up. <laughs> so their priority, like the first thing for them is the law, except that it's not. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, cause, well, actually what I was going to say doesn't even matter, right? I was going to say, and it's like the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law necessarily. But like you said, like, where is this actually in the law? Like, So this is probably like what, maybe Talmudic teaching teaching or something? Yeah, so the, the Talmud is is actually after after this. So it would be the... Uh... Well, the Talmud was the writing of oral tradition, right? Yes, right. Um, but uh, the writing of the Talmud, I believe, and somebody can correct me on this if I'm wrong, the Talmud came after the destruction of the temple. Yeah, I believe. Yep, it was much later. And I forget what the, the what the pre-first century writings were called. I, I used to know that. I'm going to kick myself for not knowing this or, or having this in front of me. Mm -hmm. But yes, the, the oral rabbinic tradition that had been recorded, right. the teachings of the fathers, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. That's where they, they, they hashed out a lot of details. Like, okay, so what the law actually says is do no work mm -hmm. on the Sabbath. Okay, so what does that mean? Like, what can you do? What can't you do? But it wasn't what was given by Moses. Yeah. It's not actually the law. So going back to the title, equitably missing the point, they are equating the rabbin the rabbinic tradition with the law itself. Right. So th there, there's a little bit of a bait and switch because th there really is a law and God really did expect for them to keep it. And yet there's this other stuff that they're calling law mm -hmm. that it doesn't say. Yeah. But that they're treating as the same thing. Well, and you know, I think um, giving, giving the, the, the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees, like, the benefit of the doubt to a certain degree or the mm -hmm. rabbis like I, I've mentioned this before. I think it was when I, I preached about work or maybe it was when I was talking about meditation, but the idea of people sitting around and discussing what verses mean and, and, you know, challenge each other's thoughts. And like, I, I mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. The idea of that, like, I think that's productive, productive and useful. And so I, I think we see that this is something where there's an example of when used correctly, like it can be productive. But when we get to the extent where you're putting it on equal footing with the law and, and, and it's becoming extremely legalistic, like we see, the, you know, the things that Jesus is dealing with, then we see where that, that becomes problematic and that, yeah, that's definitely not good. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I think it happens in a whole lot of ways in, in our society, too. Just to, to give an analogy, so we have the Constitution, yep, and then we have all of the things that have come after the Constitution, both like the federal code, which I think is like probably 12 feet thick, yeah, and all of the, the case law surrounding the Constitution, you know, various cases that have come before the Supreme Court where they've made rulings, and then those rulings become precedent. Well, even if you look at, like, is it Madison, like the Federalist Papers, mm -hmm. those are kind of like commentary on things, not details not necessarily given in the Constitution itself. Yeah. And, and a lot of those things are looked to to kind of 
I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily to the to uh, we don't equate them as uh, as being law, but it gives us a better understanding of what the founders had in mind. Mm -hmm. um, right, and that's the key there, though, is wanting to know what the founders had in mind. Right, I think that that's an incredibly important principle, and and all speaking of principles, in all sorts of ways, like what did the writer have in mind? Mm -hmm. So if we go back to to Moses receiving the law from the Lord, like so, what did God have in mind when he when when he gave these laws? And I would say that, you know, I, I, I've not read all of the rabbinic tradition. I've read some. Yeah. And I would imagine that if it's anything like anything else that people have put together over time, that there's some that's more or less beneficial. Yeah. And there's some that's more or less not beneficial. And it probably has to do with the extent to which the, the writer, the contributor, whatever, was really trying to think about the original intent. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned precedent too, because like, <clears throat> you know, in, in the weeks past, I mentioned <laughs> this is just me explaining that I'm not a lawyer, right? So I helped with uh, mock trial for the kids. Yeah. And so one of the things that we had had to go over as an assignment, and then they had to apply in the case was both understanding the uh, the state code. Like this 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 trial was set in Pennsylvania, so they had to understand state code. But then they also had to understand, um, geez, what's the, the term for it? But anyway, it's the legal precedent. So you're viewing other cases. I mean, is, is that called uh, um, case law? It is case law, but it was – I can't remember the term that we used in in the assignment because there was code. Jurisprudence? Either way. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. I'm just about, spitballing though. here. Right. But the point being is like where, where this can be – you can see where it can be a problem where if you set a bad precedence – People are going to look back on that case for years and try to draw conclusions in, in their own case based on right. that precedence. And, and right. if we draw a bad – if we set a bad precedence, next thing we know, we're staring some Pharisees in the face and they're they're wagging their finger at us because we healed a lame man on the Sabbath and told right. him to walk. Right. And that is uh, how you say problematic. Right. So it, it <laughs> So this situation violated – the statutes, codes and statutes, sorry, that was codes and okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So everybody has first principles, mm -hmm. these foundational assumptions, this, th th um, that form a lens through which we, uh, view and understand the world as it lays itself out or as it presents itself mm -hmm. to us. Right. We have to have, um, uh, a method by which we organize the, the things that occur. Mm -hmm. If we're going to have any hope of recognizing or participating in uh, meaning. Mm -hmm. So it, yes, this did not, the situation did not violate the, the principles of the author of the law. Right. But it did violate the assumptions priorities principles of its lesser adherence yeah or like on down the line historical mm -hmm. in history um the, the the pharisees here so let, let's keep reading because now we're going to get, we're going to get to see jesus's principles like what he says is important like the lens through which he is interacting with people and uh making his way 
in the world. All right. It's my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. So how about you go down through 23? Okay. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave him this answer. Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So what's the principle here? Um, it seems like he's working because his Father's working. Right. <clears throat> Like, you would think that if they were really so interested in the law, that they would be interested in the author. Mm -hmm. But as we'll see later on in the chapter, they re they, they take it back to Moses. Yeah. It's like Moses is the one who's so impressive. Right. And Jesus is pointing at the father, the author of the law. Uh, verse 24, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Don't be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in the grave, in their graves, will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Like, that right there cuts through yeah. so much. I think it brings so much clarity because we we really do have two choices. Like, are we going to live to please ourselves or are we going to live to please mm -hmm. the Father? Yeah. So let me ask you this. I don't yeah. know if you've thought about this, but how do we... How, But like, like, so what do we think Jesus' take on the Sabbath is, though, right? Like, certainly, okay. there is still, I'll say, as far as the Jews are concerned, I'm not, I guess I'm not trying to apply this to, to modern day, but there's still a requirement to rest, right? Sure. And so is, is this just kind of like, I mean, is that what he's saying? It's like, look, we got to apply a little common sense here, mm -hmm. right? Like, you, you don't necessarily need to be toiling in the field, but, I mean, he says at another point, right? Like, if... If 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 your neighbor's donkey stuck in the ditch, like you need to help get it out, right? Yeah, absolutely. And another example that he use uses, um, I'm trying to remember if it's in this passage or or a little bit 
a little bit further um, further in John, but he gives the example of circumcision. Mm-hmm. You know, if the eight, the, the law says that one that that a male has to be circumcised on the eighth day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, if that if that eighth day from birth happens to fall on a Sabbath, they do it. Yeah, they circumcise the kid right. to keep the law. So. Uh, and and you're right about the the ox being in the ditch. They still feed feed and water right. their their animals. And, and it seems like what he's saying here is like, again, you don't need to be toiling in the field, working the market, but like doing doing the Lord's work, doing good doesn't take a day off. Right. Or right. taking care of people. Yeah. Or of course, like they, they didn't say. I think they say this later, but they. I don't think they say here that. Jesus was a lawbreaker because he healed on the Sabbath. I don't know that they're saying that he's doing work. They were getting on the dude for walking picking up his mat right. because that's that's work. It's like, no. <laughs> Maybe for you, old man, we've hit the gym. <laughs> yeah, like picking up. A, and also, if you think about it, it's he, he'd been crippled for... 38 years. So in a way, he'd been resting the <laughs> right. whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I got some rest. Yeah, I'm in the hole on resting right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you were good. Right. It's also, you know, if you think about the Sabbath in terms of its function, mm-hmm. which th- this is another one that I'm kind of planning, not for tonight, but I guess a couple of weeks from now, is form versus function. Yeah. And and that that dichotomy, I mean, I did obviously that's that's an that's old that's old news. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about that as I was reading some of the the later passages in 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 John, form versus function. But the Sabbath is supposed to be a departure from normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got this stuff that we do days one through six, and then Sabbath. Like this is this is different. Yeah. Okay, like we we're going to honor the Lord in not not that not that we don't honor the Lord in days one through six, but but this this is this this set apart thing on on the margin of of the week here, mm-hmm. and and it's it, it's different for the glory of God, right? I would say that that Sabbath was very different for him, yeah, for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So he's he's fulfilling the function. Of Sabbath, yeah. Um, or if you think about the the broader context of of Sabbath, there's not just the Sabbath day. I mean, there's the Sabbath day, there's the Sabbath year, and then there's the year of Jubilee. Right. You know, like the seventh mm-hmm. seven. Yeah. Well, I guess it's the year after the seventh seven. The, the year of Jubilee is the fiftieth year. So you got the seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, you, you you know about that, and probably if anybody's still listening at this point, they know about it too. Right. But there's in in the Sabbath year and in the in the Jubilee years, there's uh, freedom. There, there's redemption of the land. Like if you if you've lost your land due to bad circumstances and you you've had to sell it, you know it's possible to to redeem your land or somebody in your family yeah. to to redeem the land and and get it back. Uh, slaves are set free. You know th- there's this there there's freedom associated with the Sabbath, and Jesus set this man free from from this bondage to this disability. Mm-hmm. So of course it, it 
not only is it not unlawful, it's the, it's the, the, the height of what the law intends. It seems like one of the more productive things you could be doing on the Sabbath. Yeah, like what else what, what else should Jesus be doing? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so so there's so the Pharisees are so intent on the form and their understanding of the form comes not from the author of the law, mm-hmm. but from later understandings and and teachings on the law. That's informed their assumptions about the form, and therefore they totally miss the function. Yeah. You know, and I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. I, like, even after, Je- after Jesus has died and resurrected, I feel like we see the same struggles, even within the first century church. And, you know, today we see people getting hu- hung up on legalities, uh, in effect, putting them on the same plain as law and it's i guess like just missing the mark right they're they're hung up on form instead of function and missing the mark i think isn't that what sin means that's exactly what it means (laughs) hamartia or hamartia however the greeks would say i don't speak greek it's greek to me okay could you read uh 31 through 40, 31 through 40. Right. Yeah. If I testify, <clears throat> excuse me, if I testify, 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 testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There's another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is true. You have sent, am I reading the right thing? Yeah. You have yeah. sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy this light his light i have testimony testimony weightier than that of john for he works that the father has given me to finish sorry for the works that the father what am i doing here for the works that the father has given me to finish the very works that i am doing testify that the father has sent me and the father who sent me has himself testified concerning me you have never heard his voice nor seen his form nor does his word dwell in you for you do not believe the one he sent You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me and to have life. I do not accept praise from men, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you don't accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you'll accept him. How can you believe if you accept praise from one another? yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes from the only God. But don't think I I accuse you, or I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? Hmm. Does your Bible have a footnote about where Moses talked about Jesus? Let's see. 45, you. Um, I don't seem to have one. Oh, I figured that your Bible would have it. Like, your Bible is like the Swiss Army knife of Bibles. Yeah. If you believe, I mean, let me see, 46. Genesis 315? Perhaps. Well, I know what 315 says. 
What's that say? Well, I mean, I, I have a pretty solid guess. The Officer's New Testament. That's where it's that's in, in the curse. Yeah, it's uh, the enmity between uh, seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Okay, hold on. Here Jesus applies this truth specifically to the writings traditionally ascribed as Moses. He may have had Deuteronomy 18, 15, and 18 especially in mind. Yeah. But probably was thinking more broadly of the whole scope of what the Pentateuch disclosed concerning God's saving program in history, which Jesus the Messiah came to complete. So Deuteronomy 18, 15. And yeah, that's that's really the one, the one that I, I had in mind. And uh, when you get there, could you read it? All right, Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow mm -hmm. Israelites. You must listen to him. So that's 15 and then 18. I will raise up for them, excuse me, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. Yeah, and then... Uh, 19 also, if anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him into account. And so that's exactly what Jesus said. Yeah. Moses will stand up and accuse you. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I think an important thing to, uh, to, to realize about Jesus's response here is that he's, he's responding to their accusation. Mm-hmm. Their accusation is that by calling God his father, he's making himself equal to God. And I think that in, in everything that he said here, like it's like point after point after point refuting yeah. refuting that, that, that claim that they're levying against him, that accusation. Like whatever the father does, the son also does. Like he's, he's right. So who initiated? Right. He's subordinating himself to the father. Yeah. At at every turn. Right. It's like, no, I didn't come up with this. It's from the father. No, I didn't think of doing this. The father. The father was already doing it. Yeah. Also, I want to trot out uh, Philippians. I guess it's in chapter one, where it says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Yeah. But he made himself nothing, and uh, well, you're, you're turning there, and I don't want to misquote it, so I'll let you pick up the quote from there, and maybe I'll continue to to badly paraphrase it uh, while you're turning to it. Uh, being found in appearance as a man, uh, he became obedient, even unto death. Go, go for it. Pick pick me up. Uh, where does it? it's like at the very end of uh, chapter one, I think, or maybe it's in chapter two. About attitude. Isn't it nice that we can hear the pages turning with these mics? <laughs> yeah. Oh, where is it? Oh, yeah, it's in it's in two. Sorry. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. 
Well, you know, you, you think about that too. Like if you, if you give your kids direction and they know you and they love you and they want to do right by you and they know what your will is and they just go out and start acting on that, it may seem an awful lot like they're acting on their own authority, authority that you might, that, that might seem as though they think that they're you, right? Mm-hmm. And isn't that kind of what we want? You know, like, don't we want our children to know us and love us and know how we would like them to conduct ourselves and act that way as if it was they're doing it of their own accord? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of. Yeah, and I think that this also brings up the whole very touchy issue. And it's an issue that's that's been very touchy for a long time about equality. I mean, that, that was one of the, the driving principles of our founding documents. Mm -hmm. It shows up in the French Revolution. Uh, fraternity, equality, and what, what's that other one? I don't know. It's a, that, about the French Revolution? Yeah, that they had three things. Fr fraternity, equality. And the guillotine. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So in practice, that that's how it worked out. Right. Because... The, man, yeah, heads rolled for for realsies. Yeah, yeah. So equality here. The uh, the Pharisees, I think, are in a way right mm -hmm. because if anyone is claiming to be equal with God, mm -hmm. that's a major red flag. Right. That's a that's a big problem. However, that's that's not that's not what Jesus is doing. Right. And I think that even more importantly, Jesus is showing like what what orienting principle we should actually embody, mm -hmm. which is submission. Right. I think that it can be very very easy for people apparently all across history to just be operating with the wrong assumptions, with the wrong principles. And so I think that if I, you, anyone, if we're fixated on demanding I'm trying to think of how to phrase this as well as possible. But if, if, if I'm, if my, if my assumption is that like, I need to proclaim my own equality mm. to X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. Yeah. That, that's not in, I can do that, mm -hmm. but that's not in keeping with the spirit of, Christ. Mm -hmm. The spirit of Christ, the principles of Christ, the, the way that he oriented himself toward the Lord and other people was was one of submission. Because mm -hmm. it's like it says in Philippians, even though, yeah, equal with the Father. Yeah. But that that's not that's not the priority here. It's not the first principle. Right. It's not something that, that he held on to. It's not where he took his stand it's i mean the the whole 
the whole picture of Jesus is that of a servant. You know, this is me. I mean, I say this all the time. Like, I'm kind of thinking out loud here. Mm -hmm. So that means, like, show me grace if I say something stupid. But, <laughs> you know, we, we talked a couple weeks back about, and I've, I've since had a conversation with a guy about this because he, some folks that we were staying with in North Carolina, they went to church. They, they go to a separate congregation. And uh, he's talking about a sermon they listened to and, and how the preacher kind of really went off on uh, – this sense, of, this sense of entitlement that we have in our culture and how mm -hmm. people act as though they have a right to not being uh, not being uh, offended. And uh, he's basically saying, like, the Bible does not guarantee you that. And so I mentioned to him how we discussed, like, the, the idea of peace and safety. Like, mm -hmm. there's no guarantee of peace and safety in here. Right. Or at least not, not by the worldly definition. And not right now. Right. And so... I feel like maybe this is another thing. Like we are, are we are guaranteed some equality, right? Like there's neither Jew nor Greek, so on and so forth. Like we we see that um, within the kingdom, on the one hand, but on the other hand, we see countless examples of where we should be submitting and subordinating ourselves to others, to include you know the Father and to Christ Himself, but even uh, our brethren. Yeah. Uh, governing authorities and so it's almost like this and i don't know if this is what you're getting at but there's this this we've we've made an idol out of equality to a certain extent i think that's exactly what i'm not what i'm trying to say but what i'm what i'm seeing here right in the scriptures because mm -hmm. of jesus's response to the pharisees yeah yeah we, we've made an idol out of that and because really an idol is a principle mm-hmm I don't mean that it's not actually a physical object that probably has some sort of demonic something or other that is kind of associated with it, but it's it's a it's a principle. It's right. well, like that demonic object represents a principle, right? right because it's like th that's that's the 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 priority here. Like mm -hmm. whatever it is that I get from that, like that's the orienting, you know, assumption. You know, and it, it it's funny when you think about that because. Apparently, there was a time where, in order to worship a principle, you had to have a physical thing to worship. We seem yeah. to have moved past that. We seem to be quite capable of of worshiping concepts and inanimate, like abstract ideas, without having a, a physical thing to worship. But it, that's very much a thing, though. Except know? we do have physical things to worship. Yeah, I Certainly. think so. It's, it's called virtue signaling, right? Or or the that, that that I guess that would be like the the genuflecting, right? You know, it's it's the outward expression of um, piety, mm -hmm. and but but we 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 do. I'd say we, we we still have the idols. Some of them are flying from embassies. A lot of right. A lot of these. Yeah, got. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Well, and certainly, um, and this is a whole another rabbit trail, but I'll just mention it. Like. There are several people in the webosphere on the internet that have talked about how a lot of these ideologies that we're seeing in our culture nowadays are very much akin to religion. Oh yeah, because they have yeah. all the tenets that we see, and that probably needs to be a whole topic that we, that's we deal what with. I, I'm just to say, like, it's this isn't a rabbit trail. Like, that's a, yeah, certainly that's a whole yeah, that's a highway. <laughs> it's a whole other yeah. So be my guest to uh, 
I don't know, delve into that for us mm. next week. I'll, I'll add it to the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so my mom says liberty. I don't. I, how did I forget that? Liberty, equality, fraternity, mm. in whatever order. Back the, to back to the Frenchies. Those all sound good. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they sound they sound great. Um, how about when Jesus said, "I do not accept praise from men, but I know you." You all, uh, you do not accept me, but if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. Mm -hmm. Does that sound at all reminiscent of the times? Of now? Yeah, people coming in their own names. Yeah, where, where is that again? Though? That's uh, 40, 43, like 41, 42, 43. I know I do not accept glory. Or 44, um, how can you believe if you accept praise from one another? I have come in the name of the Father's name and you accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, yeah, okay. Yes, very much so. I mean. You accept praise from one another. Well, and, and just the idea that somebody that's coming in the Father's name would not be accepted but someone coming in in the name of just about anything else is accepted. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it's like I've said before. Uh, no matter how how much things change, so many things remain the same. Mm -hmm. And so, yet again, we're looking at something that, you know, it was true in the first century just as much as it is now. Which is unfortunate, um, but I guess we should we can take some comfort in the fact that you know the church has has dealt with this stuff before, mm -hmm. right? Although you've mentioned at some point, like, or well, I guess I said that right. No matter the, the water's going to fill up, no matter how much, no, no matter how fast we bail, doesn't mean we stop bailing. But so equality under the law is an important concept. Mm -hmm. I'm for it. Yeah, I mean e equal equal treatment. Yeah. <clears throat> Under the law. But what if, so I'm a Jew, you're a Greek. Okay. No, let's switch that. You're a Jew. I'm a Greek. Okay. Fair. And I say. By Greek, you mean. Like from Somebody Greece. of Greece, Greek descent living in the Roman Empire? Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of those. Rome conquered Greece. They did. And so you're saying we're living in the... But I'm not going to mention that. I know it's a touchy... Right. Yeah. But we live in the de the Decapolis, whereas Roman citizens, we have freedom of movement throughout the whole area, right? Yeah, that... That era that we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Wait, who, who did I say I was? You said you were Greek. You said you were Greek. Okay. I'll be Greek. You be Jew. Okay. Okay. Got it. I'm as good as you are. Um, you think you're so great and... Because you're Jewish and close to God, well, the Bible says I'm as good as you are. So we're we're both in the church, and you're saying that anywhere, but yeah, <laughs> the church, right? Um, I mean, I can cite. I've got this letter from Paul. He says there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. So I'm every bit as good as you are. I suppose if I was. Also observing Paul's teachings, I would say, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but I probably wouldn't. I'd probably get offended. And I'd probably remind you of all the hardships that my people have endured 
to bring you this faith that you are experiencing freedom under now? That fixes it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be really receptive to that. Yeah. To, I mean, since, like, I've got this attitude. Quite going frankly, and... I don't approve of what you're eating. And if you want to be a real Christian, you need to get circumcised. So. Yeah. Well, your heart should be circumcised. <laughs> oh, touche. So you see how this is just totally missing the point. Right. Well, and that, I mean, this is what I was referencing earlier, right? Like, Jesus dealt with it. Jesus came and went, right? We all have access to him now. We all have access to, I mean, it's it's like what he told the Samaritan woman at the well, like we're seeing it now. Everybody can worship God in spirit and in truth. And yet, what is Paul dealing with? What are people fighting about? How people wear their hair, mm -hmm. eating meat, sacrifice to idols, yeah. right? Circumcision. And so... Uh, or, or, I mean, we've talked about it before, Gnosticism, like whether or not I need to be working, idleness, like, mm -hmm. uh, actually, I, <clears throat> I thought I heard a pretty interesting term for, for a lot of this stuff too. When I was doing my study on Gnosticism, this guy called it the narcissism of small differences, hmm. which, yeah, explain. I um, like it. So for those who don't know. <laughs> Narcissism, where that comes from, is from the there's a I think it was a Greek story about a guy named Narcissus. Narcissus, and what happens is he saw his reflection in, the, in a pool, and he was so captivated by his own reflection that he couldn't look at anything except himself. Mm -hmm. Right, and so I think about that. The idea is that we're so fixated on looking inward at our small differences that we're not we're not fulfilling the Great Commission. We're not focused outward in doing the Lord's work. We're doing exactly what the devil wants, right? We're jeopardizing all our time with infighting uh, on these small differences. In this case, right? You're a Greek. I'm a Jew, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm 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 practicing things that are the traditions of my people that happen to align with with Jewish law, and there may not mm -hmm. necessarily be anything wrong with them, right? Because we see, like Paul Paul took a Nazarite vow. He did, yeah. right? Um, I think he had Timothy do it too, right? Probably. I don't know. Or he had him circumcised is that was that what i think that might have been what it was yeah but there was also a nazarite vow involved at some point right anyway your, your point is well taken paul paul, paul d definitely conducted a nazarite <coughs> vow and i think it's on the end of his thir third missionary journey he returned to jerusalem to, to complete the vow mm -hmm. right um and so there are certainly aspects of, of judaism or there's certainly things that the, the jewish christians were that the things that they were practicing, that there was nothing in, inherently wrong with them, but imposing those things on the Greeks, that would be a problem. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, you know, Greek Christians celebrating the freedoms that they have under Christ, but like using them to kind of thumb their nose at the Jews, like that's that's also a problem. Right. And I think that's what, what Paul is getting at and kind of what Christ is getting at here is like – well, like we said, you're missing the mark. You're getting hung up on, what was it you said, form over function? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And so w what was that term that you used, the narcissism of small differences? differences? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think that that's, that's a really good term. Thanks, some random U YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> so C.S. Lewis said, if you put first things, hence principles, mm -hmm. first, if you put first things second, you get neither. Mm-hmm. 
I think that... you should just get a T-shirt made that says that. You use that one a lot. Yeah, I know. I know. I'll get, I... I'll get one that says linguistic theft, and it's not even mine. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that was not yours though either. Is it? Wait. So does this mean that we're we're going to soon have Deutero Cannon's merch? merch? It's not on the whiteboard. I don't know. It's not on the whiteboard, but it's it's in the whiteboard of my heart. Hey, if you would wear a Deutero Cannon shirt, comment below. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like T-shirts with pithy quotes. Mm. And, uh, I don't know, mugs? Uh, Deuterocannon's mugs? Yeah. Just a mug with a giant cannon on it? I mean, if it's Deutero, it can't just be one. Truth. Two. Two cannons. Two cannons. No more, no less. Duh. <laughs> Duh cannons. So if you put first things second, you get neither. So I think I want to throw in a plug for author's intent. And... I want to be really, really broad about this. Everything from the Bible to books to uh, laws, constitution, all of that, maybe just all, everything that we encounter, I think that we need to consider author's intent because I think that that's one of the things that's gone out the window that leads to an increase, that has led to an increased narcissism. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to speak just briefly about kind of, I guess, my academic background, uh, which is in English literature, I, I guess, literature in general. And I know, I know that the hour is kind of running short. Um, so there are multiple critical theories or, or literary theories. There's, uh, there's one called, and so, sorry, um, literary theories are ways to read and interpret literature. One of them is called reader response. And it kind of goes along with critical theory in general, the one that, that you're more familiar with that's mm -hmm. postmodern postmodern in its uh in its in its outlook. Mm -hmm. So postmodernism basically says that because there are an infinite number of ways of interpreting stuff we shouldn't privilege one interpretation over another. Right. And so that's where like deconstruction comes in because you take existing frameworks and you debunk them. Yeah. Essentially. I heard somebody say it this way earlier this week where it's like, uh, you're using the truth or your truth to oppress other people. That's absolutely what happens. And that, that's, that's really where I'm going Yeah. in reader response criticism you completely throw authorial intent mm -hmm. out the window the only meaning that exists in a text is the meaning that's constructed by the reader that's how that that theory goes so in other words this story means what i say it means because i say so as the reader it's like the tyranny of readership mm -hmm. like by by virtue of my reading this it means what I say it means. Yeah. And yeah, you, you completely yeah, divorce any sense of the fact that it even has an author at all from from the work. So if I'm not mistaken, then that that is what you're describing is eisegesis, which is sure, the opposite yeah. of exegesis. Because yes. exege exegeting is it's it's you know, one of the questions it's like what is the author saying like to whom? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and why. Right. Yeah, again, that's exegesis considers authorial 
mm -hmm. intent. Exactly. So what what are you left with, though, if we go the, the, the reader response route or we go the critical theory route? You're left only with the self, if that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, that we are beginning to see the chaos that that way of thinking creates. Yeah. It, sure. it doesn't, it doesn't create anything. The, the chaos that it crumbles into. Yeah. You know, because it takes order, meaning, understanding, and <clears throat> destroys it. Mm -hmm. And speaking as a uh, current home demolition expert, <laughs> anybody can tear something up. Right. But it takes skill and thought and effort caref and careful work to make something that's good. Yeah. You, well, and, and, and to be clear, like, that's not just assembling something by somebody else's instructions. You're talking creating, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Like, you, it, it's one thing to tear down a house. It's, it's another to build the house according to somebody else's blueprints. It's something else altogether <laughs> to look at a blank sheet of paper, design a house, and then build it, which, mm -hmm. you know. And so, I, I mean, you're absolutely right, and that's, that's so much of what today's culture is and creative critical theory is, is it's it's deconstructing things uh the likes of which no, none of these folks are capable of creating right you know right so, so put first things first mm -hmm. and in this I, I think that if we if we can look at jesus in that way <clears throat> as being the one who reveals to us the way to look at things mm -hmm. i think that that's honoring toward him i think that it's it's orienting our our lives properly because it's recognizing exactly like what he's saying here he's saying like i didn't come up with this yeah myself like this is coming from the father mm -hmm. you know it's not that think about the way that you know the media trots experts out mm -hmm. who say the same thing as all of the other experts and simply because there's a quote consensus about something yeah then that must be what the truth is mm -hmm. and it's just this positive feedback loop that may or may not actually correspond to reality yeah like jesus is cutting through all that yeah he he's saying that he is he is connected with the father and he knows the father yeah and it's the father that's revealing all of these things to him and so We have the option to participate in that hierarchy. You know, and I wonder if some of this, <clears throat> again, acknowledging that we need to be done. I, I wonder <laughs> if some of this, too, where you talk about, uh, I do not accept glory from human beings. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you say? But I know you. I know that you do not have to the love of God. I've come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in, in his own name, <clears throat> you accept him. Uh I imagine, on my based on my rudimentary studying of, of Jewish culture, like uh, studying under certain rabbis was a, was a mark of prestige. Yeah, exactly. For them. Yeah, right? yeah. And so it's almost as if somebody's saying, like, who who are you? What under whose authority? Who who did who under whose tutelage 
did you come yeah. come to this information? And Jesus saying, from my father. Yeah. Right. Like top that. Right. You you can't. You can't. But you can you can weigh. I guess the the fruit, mm -hmm. or you can you can look at. So how how does this how does this these ideas that he has how do they play out in the material world? Mm -hmm. Well, here's how they play out in the material world. That dude's healed. Yeah. And lo lots more, lots of lots more people are are healed too. And this is another rabbit trail that that we aren't going to don't have time to go down tonight, but. You know, like, so what's the function of these healings? Mm -hmm. You know, like we recognize the the forms, right? But how do how do these function in the material world? How do they function in our consciousness, like in our our understanding of who Jesus is, what He's doing, and and how we interact with that? Yeah. Um. <laughs> there, there was somewhere else I was I was going with that, but I, I guess we are sort of growing to the point of time being up yeah but this does feel like a whole lot bigger conversation oh sorry I, yeah I, I gotta say this I, I remember now the point that you just made um is about you know who so who's your teacher where did you get this and he says his father that's something that that people recognize when he goes to jerusalem mm -hmm. here in um like a couple of chapters yeah uh down from this he goes to the the feast of tabernacles in jerusalem and he like halfway through or maybe like towards the end of the the festival yeah they ask him like with who by whose authority right and and, and they're just it's like wait you you're from like galilee okay yep. that that doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. like we know who your mother and father are there's nothing about a prophet coming from galilee like this doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. um but again like it's it's from the father and we see as he as he deals with people and and the, the healings and all of that like okay this is this must be this must be true yeah like he doesn't have like a degree he can't say well yeah i studied under gamaliel but he it's like he he's showing you know the truth mm -hmm. he's got a lot more than a piece of paper or the testimony of some high level rabbi who's like yeah he's my student mm -hmm. he he's got well Spirit and truth. Yeah. Like, he's got real stuff. Mm -hmm. Jesus has got real stuff. <laughs> Maybe that's a good place to end. <laughs> there we go. That's a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so I think it's customary for... Prayer time? ...you to, to pray. I would be honored. And to shut us down here. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we were able to share together tonight, getting into your word. Uh, we pray that you help us to take uh, what we've discussed here tonight and, and to continue to meditate on it and to continue the conversation and to apply it in our daily lives. God, we ask that you help us to, uh, we'll say, just know our place, God. Know to whom uh, we, we uh, from, from, from where we, we derive uh, any authority we might have and, and to understand who we should be submitting to and, and just understand that um, uh, in all things that, we should be coming at at our life with a, with a, with a heart of service. God, we ask that you be with those of our number that are sick. <clears throat> uh, I ask specifically that you be with uh, Misty's mom and uh, be with her during this tough time. We ask that you be with uh, Justin and Misty as they're dealing dealing with this as well. 
Uh, pray to be with our congregation and, and our work that we're doing here in the Allensville community. Pray your blessing upon that. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. Pray that you help us to be ever more like him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.